0: Listening to the Thirty Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, everyone? Recording this the day before a big game six at Staples Center. We'll jump into that in a second. Don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher. You name it, we're there. We have daily shows coming out. The man joining me, who's also behind the audio mag- audio magic. Is that a way to good put it, Anthony? Is like you're you're behind the audio magic at single Silver Screen and Roll or yeah, we could call
1: it magic. We we can we can we can go there. I mean, I, I, I guess it kind of works with uh with the Magic Johnson uh, connection. The only thing is, like, I don't I don't plan on just kind of piecing out randomly anytime soon. So okay, so okay,
0: we're not <laughs> gonna. Yeah, I'm no. not gonna show up. I'm not gonna re- show up to record a podcast next week and then you know hear from Harrison ten minutes before that you actually bailed and quit.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I will in fact be there. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> not gonna go back to locked on on us, are you? Right now, I'm just just messing with you, but not uh, anytime soon. Uh, of course, if you need your Lakers fix, uh, Harrison, Sabrina, Christian, like we mentioned, Anthony doing his daily show, the Anthony Irwin Show. Uh, you can check us out at SilverScreenAndRoll dot as well. Anthony, I, I know we recapped uh, game Game Five. It was an ugly one one fifteen eighty five loss for the Lakers. Anything that could go wrong. Absolutely went wrong. Murphy's law applied to it, especially in that second quarter, being outscored 32 to 10 going into game six. Now, this is obviously the Lakers life is on the line. We're going to have to see what happens here when you're going into this game, especially looking at the changes to the lineup. I know Keith started in in place of AD. Are you looking for Frank Vogel to do anything different going into game six with the starting lineup? Or is it just going to be stick with whatever's working at that time? and, And let's see what happens.
1: Well, it's hard to argue. Anything's really working right now. They just, they were down by 30 points at the end of the first half in, in, uh, in a pivotal gave five, obviously they're shorthanded. Obviously they're a very different team without Anthony Davis. They were designed. This roster was designed to have both LeBron and AD healthy. And I think it's pretty clear that obviously AD isn't healthy and LeBron also looks kind of dinged up, but, but I, I, so, but I, we've, this is beating a dead horse. And I, I, I know people are probably really sick of hearing this or whatever, but, but if Anthony Davis cannot go, which I would be kind of surprised at this point, if Anthony Davis is able to play in the game, uh, tomorrow or tonight, whenever you guys are listening to this, it, I, if Anthony Davis can't go, you have to start Marcus Hall. Yeah. You have to, I I just think you need to be able to space the floor. You need to you need every little ounce of help that you can give LeBron in that regard so that he can start the game off in attack mode. And not, you know, lately he's been really kind of sitting back, trying to get everybody else going. But I think in this one, he's really got to just kind of lead and 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 uh, get the home crowd, home crowd behind him and see if he can just, you know, be the engine, the rudder, the sail, everything to the boat and hope that everybody hops on.
0: Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, you know, there, I, it was tough watching that game yesterday. I mean, I thought they, they hung in for the first quarter and then by, you know, we, we knew about four or five minutes into the second, like, all right, this game's a wrap pretty much. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you too. I, I think they got to go with, I like what Gasol brings positionally on the defensive end. He did have five fouls in game five, but positionally, he didn't he wasn't play well. to team. be clear, he didn't, he didn't play well, but I, I agree yeah. with you. I think start him just to see how it works. And then if you need offense, I, mean, I know they tried to get Drummond going a little bit in the post and he only had five shots, but they were trying to, by the time the game was out of hand, it, it, it everybody had just kind of, you know, folded up the tents and were ready to bounce. But I, I think they got to get some scoring from somebody other than LeBron. And when I say scoring, I mean efficient scoring, right? You don't want these guys coming in, like you don't want Kyle Kuzma going five for 17 and finishing with 17 points and thinking that's a good game. That's not going to be it. Like the Lakers right now, because I'm with you, I don't see Anthony Davis playing even if he does maybe 20 minutes, you know, tops, I I don't know what they would, if they would really want to risk any sort of long-term injury, given the the situation Mm -hmm. that they're in. But I I think that they're going to, I mean, obviously Schroeder was, gross in game five going over 9, but they need somebody to step up other than LeBron. Whether we get one of those weird KCP games where he goes off. Um, so one of these guys needs to step up and score like 20 points and do it efficiently, I, I think, in order for them to have a shot. If you had to pick one of the players that are likely to play, obviously non-Anthony Davis, who would you think has to be that guy if the Lakers plan to keep their season going? Well, it has to be Kuz, man. Like,
1: we, we, we are now in year three of wondering, Hey, is Kuz going to be able to step up and be that third option scorer? that, that third guy, they paid him the extent they gave him the extension. And for the most part, the season, he lived up to that extension. I think more than lived up to the extension. I thought he was really good over the course of the year, but, but so far in the series, uh, he he hasn't been good, and, and I think the, the Lakers need more from him. And, and it's going to be a really big offseason for this Lakers team because they aren't going to have very many assets by which to improve the roster. Uh, Kuzma might be, you know, he's a youngish player on a decent contract potentially. Is that somebody that they move to get some more immediate and and reliable help? Uh, is Schroeder going to be somebody that they – rely on or they're they're comfortable relying on to the tune of $100 million as as he uh, was reportedly expecting in his extension. Uh, There was the report that the Lakers see Andre Drummond as a long-term fit. And I thought it was really interesting today. And you never know with these kind of cryptic athlete tweets, but Drummond did tweet out at one point today, uh, quote, LOL, remember kids, control what you can control and uh, let the rest take care of itself. And then the, the praying hands emojis. So so that, it, did did he have a conversation with Frank Vogel where Vogel said, hey, uh, if Anthony Davis can't go, we're going to start Casal. Or even if Anthony Davis can go, he's going to start at the five and we're going to start Alex Caruso. And we're going to go back to the kinds of things that won us a championship last year. So it's really going to be interesting here in, in, in game six because not only is it going to show us kind of what the Lakers are going to look like with their backs actually up against the wall, but it's also going to give us a little bit of insight into what this offseason is going to look like. If they're, if they're willing to ruffle feathers with Schroeder and with Drummond, two guys that they uh, reportedly have long-term aspirations to keep on the roster. Then then that's that's going to be really interesting. And, and, and to see how those guys respond to that is also going to give us a, some, some decent insight into their priorities also as players. So it's there's a lot going on in this game six man that, that extend far beyond uh, just whether or not this season will last another game or so.
0: If that's the case, I'm not down with Andre Drummond tweeting that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you need to just, like, focus on what the task is at hand. If they if they had a conversation with you, like, hey, we might not start you tomorrow. We're going to make a difference. Like, don't whine about it, dude. You're coming to a championship team. This ain't Cleveland or Detroit. You know what right. I mean? Like, don't right. be bringing that kind of attitude here. And I think that's where – uh, that, and you're right. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, this is a huge – this is a huge and pivotal, pivotal offseason if the Lakers lose. And I'm not saying that's for sure yet because – you still have LeBron James, and who is still very capable of scoring forty tomorrow and and leading the team to to a win. So I'm not going to sit here and say that they're completely out of it. But I'm with you. I mean, Rob Palenka took a lot of chances, right? On 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 rebuilding the roster, they could have bought back Rondo. They could have figured out ways to 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 you know bring back basically the same roster, not acquire Schroeder. Uh, not sign Andre Drummond, not go for Montrez Harrell and Marcus All in, in in free agency. So I, I think this is, this is. I mean, they kind of, they looked at what they had last season after winning it in the bubble, said, hey, we can still improve upon that. Now, obviously injuries played a huge, huge role in, in the entire season, but they're going to have to go back to the drawing board. And like you mentioned, the assets are basically none, like right, in order to make moves, unless they can ship some of their contracts off to teams who are willing to take them. I, you know, th- this is going to be a big game and it's a pivotal one too, because you look at, uh LeBron. And, and I was thinking about this earlier. It was kind of funny. I had a text from a friend yesterday saying, How are the Lakers this bad without Anthony Davis? And he's not a big basketball fan, but he, you know, he he just follows the Lakers, especially during the playoffs. He'll he'll hop in. And mm-hmm. I responded back. I'm like, dude, Anthony Davis is one of the best five teams, the five players in the league. It doesn't, yeah. pay, you know, if you get a guy hurt like that, your team Chiefs kind of this bad these. without Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> come on. Right. So I was just like, I started laughing and I'm like, come on, dude. And he's like, well, they shouldn't be playing this bad. And I'm like, well, you would. T- any team is going to play that bad if they're missing one of the best players in the league. But uh, going back to LeBron, like we're looking at this 36 years old now, turning 37 next season. How important is this game? Do you think for his legacy? How important is it for him to get to the second round? Like, you know, people don't give people don't give passes today in, in today's social media and twenty four hour news cycle. You're not getting these um, sent you know sentimental lookbacks on. Okay, well, LeBron, that's okay. You know, he was thirty six. The team got dinged up, and you know, he couldn't get out of the first round. No big deal. It's going to be people are going to be piling on him from the Skip Baylesses, you know, to to everybody else on 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 network television and on the on the big networks they're going to be sitting there you know being like this is the end for lebron how, how do you think it would play out if the lakers do come up short let's say lebron only scores 22 23 points tomorrow and and la gets blown out by by 15 20 what do you think the ramifications are for lebron going forward
1: well it's funny we can't have this both ways where it gets held against lebron that he has losses in finals right and michael did not but then we're also going to hold it against LeBron that he will now have his first loss in the first round, which Michael did. So I don't like we we can't we <laughs> we can't say like, you know, we, we we can't move these goalposts all over the place to criticize this guy. Look, he's 36 years old and he is coming off of a high ankle sprain, which anybody who has paid any attention to sports knows that is one of the more kind of annoying and cumbersome injuries that you can have long-term that aren't like debilitating torn ligament type of situations. Right. And so if any other 36 year old lost in the first round uh, of, of, of a playoff series in which he didn't have his second best player was going up against the number two seed in the conference. If any other player lost in this kind of spot, you're like, yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah. (laughs) That's how this goes. But, Uh, But because it's LeBron James, because for some reason we're extra stupid about this guy, uh, there are going to be people who hold this against him. And I just, I just think it would be kind of dumb. I I just, the the situation here is not one that we should, we should expect LeBron to pull through here. It's, it's a, it's a flawed roster. Uh, The role players aren't doing their, their job either. Not only do, do the Lakers not have Anthony Davis potentially in this one, but Kentavious Caldwell Pope is probably the best uh, two-way player on on the the roster, and he is hurt. Uh, Dennis Schroder it has not looked like himself since he came back from from COVID protocols, uh, so that has to be taken into account. He also Schroeder did uh, he also turned an ankle in the third mm-hmm. quarter, right around the time that KCP got hurt. So it's like a super banged up roster, and and sure, like if we just kind of take. 75 steps back and only look at this with, you know, through a pair of, of cheap binoculars from really far away. Yeah. It's not great that LeBron lost in the first round, but if you, if you spend any time whatsoever going over the details of the series, you would say, yeah, that kind of makes sense that they, that they quote unquote fell short here.
0: Yeah. And I I agree with you on that too. I think that, you know, you know what we're going to, I'm going to save my take for this. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back to talk about LeBron again. Mm-hmm. All right. And we're back. Uh, jumping back to the LeBron topic, Anthony, that like you were saying, I-, I think here's the problem, right? And I'm just going to lay it out. Like if you, every point you laid out was factual, right? Is factual. Sorry. Is, is that, okay. The Lakers In- have had everything
1: re- about LeBron.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. Like, that—that's that, what I don't want to hear. That's why I'm hoping the Lakers push this to, to seven. I hope LeBron scores forty in Game Six, even if AD is not on the floor for Game Seven. I hope he scores forty again and leads the Lakers into round two. Because here's the problem, and and you've mentioned it it's it's nobody looks at this logically anymore that's the part that kind of pisses me off when when I'm when I'm seeing these sports shows and I'm I'm reading stuff on Twitter it's like this is actually the dumbest take you could have if anybody clowns on LeBron if the Lakers do end up losing this series if anybody clowns on LeBron like you're an idiot because if you look at the NBA and look historically like where do you think Brooklyn would be right now if it was just Kyrie Irving you know and there was no Kevin Durant, there was no uh uh James Harden they wouldn't be very good even if it was KD a fully you know we don't even know what he's at health-wise But if he's at 95% and he's playing without um, you know, James Harden and without Kyrie Irving. And that roster is, is like you mentioned with the Lakers, it's structured around those three guys. What do you think would have happened to the Nets? They probably would have lost to Boston. And so that that's where for me, it's like, you can't just get, you know, pick and choose where, where you, you use logic and an argument and then you completely change it because it's a different player. And that, that's where I'm at too with LeBron. He doesn't look close to 100%. Uh, I think he's operating, in my opinion, just off the eye test, somewhere around 75, 80. He's missing his explosiveness. I mentioned this last week on the podcast even after after they had won that game that when he's going up he's usually when he's planting with 2 feet and going into the hoop like for a layup He is coming up with so much force that anybody who comes up to him is bouncing off of him and they can't even like, it's going to be a foul every time you've noticed that all series when he's going up near the rim, especially he doesn't have the explosiveness. He doesn't even have the strength in his jump when he's going up like that to be able to have guys bounce off of him. So I think we have to look at this a little bit more fairly. Like we mentioned, the guy is 36. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that. Oh, wow. You know, the Jordan LeBron thing is, is a topic for another day, but I just think the stupidity of the takes we're going to get. If the Lakers, that's why the Lakers, I feel like have to win game six and hopefully game seven is because I don't want to hear the stupid crap that we're going to hear from people in the days after.
1: I mean, look, people are really dumb about the Lakers. People are really dumb about LeBron. And it has led to some of the dumbest kind of talking points imaginable here. Let's put it this way, right? Let's look across the NBA. Uh, Steph Curry was getting credit for keeping the Warriors competitive in play-in games. Didn't even make the playoffs. And he was getting credit for it. He was an MVP finalist. Uh, Dame Lillard right now, I saw an article today and, and, and look like to a certain extent, like it's, it's not an untrue one, but it was like Damian Lillard, the ultimate winner. This is being written about him after the, after the Blazers lost in, in double overtime to the Nuggets last night. And it's like so many other players get credit for getting close. Right. But, but for some reason with, with LeBron, we ignore all that context and just jump immediately into just utter stupidity. And I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I, I I really, I honestly legitimately feel for some of the people who, who have gone about his career doing this with him because they're going to look back and there's going to be the, the, the last dance documentary done about this guy and everybody's going to be sitting there saying, Holy crap, this guy was incredible. Yeah. You're going to have a whole bunch of people out there who are saying, man, i This this type of player is probably not going to come along uh, ever again. And I was a complete bleeping moron about him the entirety of his career.
0: I'm with you. And I think that's where that to me is the issue, because I mean, obviously being the two resident old guys of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast network, you know, being alive in the 90s and, and being of age that I can actually enjoy it. Everybody just embraced the fact that Michael Jordan was the best. You know, you know what I mean. People might have hated the yeah. Bulls, but it was like no, you know, nobody argued that he was better than Magic. Nobody argued that he was better than um, Larry Bird. You know, again, you can go old school. I'm not, I don't like giving my opinion on the on the Bill Russells and the Jerry West because I'm like I, I didn't see him, so I can't talk about it. But you know, looking at at, at what it was, and then when LeBron came on. It's like any guy who comes across any guy who comes around now who is at that level and you're going to have maybe one every decade, you know, or maybe, you know, 15, 20 years um, that will come around and kind of change basketball the way we saw with with LeBron and Kevin Durant, I I think, is 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 the second best player in the NBA. Again, I mean, I don't think he's at LeBron's level overall, but um, when we're when we're watching this, I think that's where LeBron's going to get the short end of the stick is. People are always gonna compare him. And like you said, everybody's gonna look back at this in hindsight and be like, damn, yeah, how did a dude do what he's doing? You know what I mean? I mean, at his at his size, at six foot nine, this guy's a 250-pound battering ram who is also faster than you, bigger than you, stronger than you, more skilled than you. And the hate that he gets is just so unwarranted. And I think that's the part for me, um, you know, like you mentioned, I, you know, covering the Warriors is like it was a Steph Curry love fest. Now, I love watching Steph Curry play. I think he's great. Do I think he's one of the best five of all time? No, not even close to it. But when I watch when I when you watch the differences and and, and the, the coverage that LeBron gets, especially since joining the Lakers, I, I think it has been unfair, like year one when they had the kids still around. And he had the abductor injury and the groin injury. You know that was pretty much all it. There's nothing they could do. He comes back, leads the team to a title in year two. This season, like I said, it was Murphy's law. Anything that could go wrong up until now, pretty much has went wrong. But the good news is they still got a couple of couple of games. Hopefully, to turn the ship around, at least get into round two, and hopefully have AD healthy. For that I want to touch on this as well, since I know you're a, a known diehard Celtics lover and, and you, you appreciate when they do anything good. What do you think of the changes going on in uh, in Boston? Danny Ainge announced his retirement. Brad Stevens, who I think is a very good coach, maybe not as a basketball genius as he was, you know, described coming in. But overall, I mean, he did have a pretty good uh, what is it, nine seasons with the team. Um, or is it eight seasons? One, two, three, four, five, eight. Uh, and he ended up making what? Three conference finals. What, what do you make of all this? Like the Celtics were up there, like supposed to be this team that was trying to land AD. Uh, they're trying to get in on every big name superstar. Haven't been able to do it. So how happy are you to see the Celtics might be looking at a full blown rebuild uh, Rebuild here around Jason Tatum?
1: I mean, I found the whole thing hilarious. I thought it, I thought it was so perfect. Like everything starting from the initial reports that Danny Ainge is thinking about stepping down, like the immediate jokes that started flying was about whether or not, uh, he was actually going to follow through with it because he's been almost age for, for so long, like, was it going to be a situation where, where he would stick around and then, and then give reasons as to why he almost left, but decided not to, to leave. I thought that was funny that that's his, that's become his reputation. I thought it was hilarious that, uh, Brad Stevens through some un Unintended shade, I think, at at Danny Ainge, in that he was saying that, oh man, I'm I'm so exhausted from coaching this team, and and it's just been a a real brutal stretch here. And I want to go into something that allows me to focus more (laughs) on my family and 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 my, my work life balance, which means basically he's kind of in a way saying that Danny Ainge's job isn't that difficult compared to coaching in the NBA. I thought that was great. Uh, I thought it, it's, it's, it's really, really funny that uh, the, the Brooklyn nets of all teams, the team, the, the, the team that Ainge made his reputation on, they are the, 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 the squad that knock him out of the postseason and then basically knock him out of the front office by, by extension. I <laughs> think it's just, there was a lot of stuff that I found really funny there. There was the fake report that went out that he was angry at, at Kyrie Irving for stepping on the logo and, and the fact that people actually believed it was, was great. <laughs> like, I just, the, the whole thing. And, and look that that got, I got got by that on the internet today. So I'll, I'll cop to being wrong about that, but I just think there was, there was a lot of funny, there was a lot of meat on the bone. The, the Utah jazz immediately being linked to Danny Ainge uh, when yeah. like I, I, I think You could make a real case here that Danny Ainge probably isn't employable for a little bit because there was the video that surfaced of of him saying that he doesn't care what his players or what any NBA players have to say about politics. But he certainly seems okay with a couple of of older white guys and Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich and their thoughts on politics. Like, There's a lot of reasons to maybe want to distance yourself from this guy. And immediately the Utah jazz of all of all organizations (laughs) are the ones who are like, actually, no, just come on over, man. You'll, you'll fit right in uh, with our fan base. So, so it was just, uh, it was, and then, and then like Brad Stevens, like, I'm not saying that, he he had everything to work with this year. I think, especially from an injury standpoint, you're looking yeah. at the Miami Heat, the Celtics, the Lakers, even the Nuggets. They all faced the they they all played the latest in last year's postseason, and they all are now kind of dragging organizationally from a physical health and 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 shoot uh, emotional well being standpoint. I would probably say uh, so. So I'm not saying that he should have been squeezing wine from this rock but also you know he he he, i'm not going to look back on the brad stevens era and say like oh my god this guy reinvented the sport in the way that like chris manic said he was when he said that would you would you rather have any nba player or or brad stevens at one point and and this guy goes from that to now promoted is is certainly interesting and then, and then finding out that there's another ange in the uh, in the Celtics front office, it was just the perfect the perfect bow on on uh, this entire gift that that they offered us today. Lakers fans were all probably pretty down, but we all got to laugh at the Celtics for for a few hours. It was great.
0: Yeah, it was good. It was good comedic relief after yeah after t- uh, Wednesday or Tuesday's uh, butt kicking that that we had to see. But uh, I- I'm with you, man. I-, I think this whole thing was was. Um, the Celtics, I mean, obviously just being arrogant because it's, it's Boston and and they have the, you know, they have the history of, of, of being one of the best, you know, franchises in the, in the history of the NBA, but, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like I'm finding, I'm finding that the way the NBA is moving, I think you're going to start seeing a separation between the kind of old guard and the new way of doing things. And I think Brad Stevens will actually try and look at, um, You know, making things a little bit more new school, I I think, as as the president of the Celtics, whereas Ainge was trying to do it and probably running the, you know, running it the way it was almost like how Magic was doing it when he was with the Lakers. Like, dude, the game has changed. You have to look at analytics. You have to look at how you're treating players. Players are more sensitive towards the way the culture of of the organization is set up. So I think we are going to start seeing this movement from the old guard into the new guard. Getting back to teams who are still in the playoffs. Um, you know, we talked about the Lakers and Suns. What do you think is going to happen around the rest of the Western Conference? That that game, like you mentioned Dame Lillard earlier, uh, that was an insane game between oh between the Nuggets and, and Trailblazers. I mean, I was just yelling at my television uh, the entire time. But what do you think shakes out in the rest of the Western Conference series? Utah, I assume, uh, will move on eventually. Recording this just before that game tips off against the Grizzlies, and then we got Dallas and the Clippers coming up a little bit later on uh, on Wednesday evening. But how do you see things shaking out in the rest of the Western Conference series?
1: Well. You know, I, I, I'd be lying if I said I was very confident in this Lakers one. So I think Phoenix probably moves on here and faces, uh, I think it's going to be Denver coming out of that series. And I probably have Phoenix winning that one. I, I just, you know, Jokic is playing such good basketball and, and he's, and he's, and he's, and that team and he and that team have, have just kind of responded. I thought, last night was kind of a perfect encapsulation of that series where Dame is doing everything and throwing everything at the nuggets. And then they just, the nuggets are just still the better team and they wound up pulling away uh, later in that, in that second overtime. Uh, So, so I think, I think, I think Phoenix wins, but I think that one probably goes seven coming out of that one. And then you have, it's probably going to be Utah Clippers in, in that second round series and I think I would probably favor the Clippers. They're playing really good basketball right now and they have two guys at positions of serious weakness for Utah whereas, uh, and whereas those guys can can kind of stay in front of Donovan Mitchell and and it's not, I don't think going to be a very good series for for Rudy Gobert there either. So I think that probably goes in the late in the, in the Clippers uh, way there and they probably do so in about six games and and then I probably have the the Clippers moving on to play I have the Bucks actually coming out of the east um and so so I I think it'll be Clippers Bucks and uh the NBA is going to be livid at the fact that they had LeBron they had Kevin Durant they had James Harden they had Kyrie Irving they had Anthony Davis they had two major markets in in the New York-ish market and then obviously the Lakers fan base uh they could have had that finals but But I don't know. It's 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 almost a little bit of of artistic, uh, I guess, writing of wrongs there that that Adam Silver would miss out on that series because the NBA had this season was such a money grab that they would they would they would they they were penny wise and, and dollar short.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I I think I actually think that the the Portland series will go seven. I think Dame has one more kick-ass game in him that he'll go off for 4550 and at least get it to seven. And then he'll have a heart. This is my, my theory on it. He'll have a heartbreaking loss. And then all the talk in Portland will be is Damian Lillard gonna get traded this offseason. So that's why I, I do think Denver's gonna come out. I really want the Mavericks to. Be, to be Clippers. I don't know if they're going to, but I'm hoping uh, somehow Luca gets back to that. But yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the Lakers series, but I think ultimately it will be the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Jazz, and, and whoever comes out of the, the Phoenix LA one. And in the East, I, I'm, I've i been watching Draymond Green and I'm like, the more I watch him on TNT, the more I'm agreeing with him. I don't think anybody's beaten Brooklyn. I, I just think that you're going to have to keep, you're going to have to score over 120 to beat them, right? In the, in the four games. And I, I just don't see how how Philly now, given what's happening with Embiid and even, even Milwaukee, though, I love the way Milwaukee is playing. I, I still think Brooklyn is going to ultimately come, come out of the East. We'll wrap up on this, Anthony. I know you're going to do your own show anyways for, for the morning. And you know, you'll probably touch on it there. What is your prediction for game six between the Lakers and Suns?
1: Well, if Anthony Davis doesn't go, I don't have the Lakers winning. It sucks that this is probably going to be the end of the season. And, and this team at one point uh, I thought had incredible promise and in all of that. And, and, Look, a first round, a first round exit for this team, you know, with, with despite all the injuries and stuff, there are going to be some organizational questions here about, you know, was it right to to promise Drummond X, Y, or Z? Was it right to promise Schroeder X, Y, or Z? Was uh, at what point will the Lakers actually sit Anthony Davis down and be like, hey man, like we need you to play more fives so that we can be a little bit better in the regular season, and maybe instead of facing the sun's in the first round you face the blazers or, or instead of facing the second seed in this first round you face like the 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 sixth or seventh or something like that and and. Uh, look, I, I think this season they did everything that they could, given the circumstances under which they played it, but it would it would really kind of suck that a year. That heading into it, you really felt like the Lakers would would could rip off a, a championship, ghetto you know leapfrog, finally pass the uh, Boston Celtics to have that season and that promise squashed in the first round would would really kind of suck. But I think that's kind of the direction that we're heading in here.
0: All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go on the opposite. end. I, I think the late, even without AD, I think the Lakers pull it off. I, I'd like, like we mentioned, I think one of Schroeder, uh, Kuzma, somebody's going to come in and have a big game. And I think LeBron uh, will do everything he can to make sure he at least gets out of the first round. Cause I'm sure he just want to get bombarded with hot takes and tweets and Instagram posts and messages from people calling him out. So I think this one's going seven remains to be, see what happens after that, because we have to see what happens with AD. But I still think we're in for a, for for a really, really good game on Thursday night. We're just going to have to see who brings it, but I I'm with you. I just think that I do think that uh, the Lakers, if they lose this game, it is going to be big in terms of how they how they attack things, how they focus on reshaping the roster. But again, we're, we're skipping ahead here. They still have one chance at least to keep their season going. Hopefully to we We'll find out what happens on Thursday night. That does it for this episode. Don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast network. Uh, we basically got two, sh- two shows coming at you five days a week. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs.